Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. What's up, friends? I'm Julie Bender. Julie, I know... I'm a fairly unemotional person <laughs> most of the time. Sorry, I laughed really early in that sentence. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I would I would call that accurate, and I would say I'm slightly emotional. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would call mm-hmm. that accurate as well. <laughs> but, you know, we all deal with emotions in different ways, and it kind of dictates life. Um, in fact, it can affect us in many ways, don't you think? For sure, and I think part of growing older is kind of learning and coming to grips with how you deal with emotions, right or wrong. Yeah, true. But you know what? I think understanding kind of the how or the the interesting things behind our emotions could either help or just lighten the burden. <laughs> Apparently, each burst of emotional chemicals from the time they're produced in the hypothalamus to the time it's completely broken down and absorbed lasts about six seconds. I'm glad you took that one because I would have had trouble with it's a lot of hard words there. Hypothalamus. I just went for it. You did great. You did great. So six seconds is the burst of emotion and it's gone, apparently. I feel like I've known people who like you can see them start to feel their emotions for six seconds and then they act like it didn't happen. True, true. It's all over their face and then it's gone. Gone, bye. Research has proven time and time again that people unconsciously mimic the emotional expressions of those around them. So what, if, you know, if I'm squidging my face in anxiety, you're going to do the same or what? Well, yes. It's like when you take somebody's picture, you smile really big because you're trying to get them to smile. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's also like when I'm around somebody with an accent, I have to forcibly tell myself the whole time not to try to speak back in their accent. Yeah. It's It's not not the same, but I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. And and I've seen you do that. Studies have found that if you adjust your facial expression to reflect a certain emotion, you will actually begin to feel that emotion. Hmm. So if you want to make yourself happy, all you have to do is force your face into a smile for around 30 seconds. Okay, 30 seconds. That's a a really long time to stretch that face. I I guess you have to like really beat that six seconds. (laughs) Yes, you do. All right, humans are the only animals, we are animals apparently, who express shock and surprise by their mouths dropping open. Interesting. I mean, think about it. Have you ever seen a dog go, I'm surprised, there goes my jaw? (laughs) Uh, It's weird. That's a weird fact. Who would have studied that and written that down? That's that's maybe beyond mean. Here's an interesting one. Different colors can stir up different emotions because of what we associate those hues from nature. For example, blue is a calming color and enhances relaxation because it's associated with the ocean, whereas yellow is considered joyous and vibrant due to its connection to the sun. Hmm, I can see that. Hmm. I read a long time ago they used to paint hospital rooms green because it was calming. Interesting. And yeah. and we've heard it say that like red can provoke anger. But it's my favorite color. Does that mean I want to be angry all the time? I don't maybe know. Maybe we'll learn in this episode what yeah. that means. <laughs> and lastly, a study by Columbia University revealed that people who trust their intuition or gut feeling are more accurate when predicting the outcome of a situation. 
They give them arbitrary things to predict, like the outcome of the Super Bowl or the winner of American Idol. And the people who honed their intuition scored far higher than others. This phenomenon is called the emotional oracle effect. That's kind of cool, it's like Julie. Magic. Yeah, it really is. And you know what? Trust your instincts. For sure. Trust. So emotions can be very, very healthy and very good. And you can trust them, at least sometimes. Yeah, I mean, our emotions influence a lot of what we do. And sometimes they can actually keep us back from growing into our full potential. We can find ourselves either paralyzed by trauma and emotional hurt or really stunted from moving on. Yeah, it's an easy place to find yourself. And I think many of us do. So we're bringing a guest today who has experienced her own share of emotional abuse and neglect and found healing and wholeness. She's on a mission to help other women, which we all need. So I'm really glad she's here today. Absolutely. Elizabeth Bristol is a passionate author, speaker, and educator. She has spent her life learning how to overcome the pain of emotional abuse and neglect through Christ-centered care. Writing about her experiences as a people pleaser, victim of abuse, and struggles with self-esteem, Elizabeth shares her journey into a relationship with God who helped her break free from the lies that were running rampant in her head. Lies like, you're doing it wrong. God met Elizabeth where she was and began to show her how he loves her unconditionally, no matter what she's done. Welcome, Elizabeth. It's so good to have you today. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be with both of you. Elizabeth, I'm curious. We have your bio, but I don't know. Where do you live? Who do you live with? <laughs> I, right in the middle of the pandemic, God asked me to move across country. So I moved from Oregon to Cape Cod wow. to take care of two elderly parents. So mm-hmm. me and my Sheltie, my little dog Malachi, mm-hmm. live on Cape Cod right now. Wow, Sweet. from one cold climate to another. Wow. I know. <laughs> yeah, most people go, I moved to Florida or I moved, you know, somewhere south. But that's great. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. So other than that, I, I just have to introduce your hair color. We just got to see you live and you have the most lovely head of hair. Oh. So since they can't see you, we will put a picture in the show notes Kind of tell us a little bit about the beauty of your head. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I actually was trying to go natural. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to do a stripe or two, a little little teal and a little purple. <laughs> and then one day I just went in and I said, half my head I'll take purple and half I'll take teal. And I don't, I don't know what possessed me, to be honest. <laughs> but awesome. I went to church the next day and a friend came up and she said, do you know that those two colors mean wisdom and counsel? And I said, ooh, I really, lo- I didn't know that. And as I'm a counselor, so I really loved that. <laughs> oh, that is perfect. Well, you know, we delight in the fact that you are an original and that's great. But we also know that you've had some some challenges in life, that you've had to overcome yeah. some things. Um, yes. And for our listener to know what it is, can you walk us back a little bit through the journey that brought you to where you needed some help? Absolutely. Yeah. I I grew up in church, but only because my parents forced me to go. I um I was I was reckless. I did a lot of drugs and I'd show up to teach Sunday school with a hangover. I um at 15, I lost my virginity on a date rape. And then I had an abortion. I um, I planned to marry a man at one point who's now been married to another man mm. for 
many years. And so even though I ran from God, um, whenever life got hard, I had this instinct to cry out to him. So at 26, I was crewing on a sailboat in the Caribbean <laughs> and we were in 30 foot seas. And I thought, we're going to die. <laughs> There's just no way. And so I prayed that universal prayer. You know, that one, God, if you're real mm -hmm. and you help me, I'll mm -hmm. do what you want. And it turns out God is real. Mm -hmm. And he's there for us when we ask for help. And so that's why I started hanging out with God, because I didn't want to go back on my promise. Hmm. I, those are you, you rattled those off <laughs> like each one wasn't incredibly significant. And for me that I didn't have 348 questions about each one, but I'll try yes. to follow your lead there and say, what was your response to some of those things as they were happening? And yeah. you know, how was your view of self and view of others affected? Right. I was Okay, so first I just ignored them for years, which I do not recommend. As Dr. Phil but, would say, how's um, that working for you? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then as I was writing my book, uh, Marry Me, One Woman's Incredible Adventure with God, he prompted me to write these stories that I wasn't going to tell mm. in great detail. Mm. And I didn't know the healing that I needed, but God did. Yeah. He, he knew it would come as I named my pain. So I wrote them and then I put them away because I certainly wasn't going to show them to anyone. Mm -hmm. But again, God reminded me of how much I love to read other books. You know, when books, um, they explain you to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when God showed me that other women are like me and they need healing too. And he told me that if I shared my stories, it would help them. I got super excited. And a week later, the whole Me Too movement began and confirmed that mm. these stories need to be told. What I love is that you shared hard things because I think especially, yeah. you know, women of faith feel like they have to pretend Ugh. to be something different yes. or to have had a different life experience or to hide their failures or yes. their pain. And it's a it's wrong it's a disservice and it doesn't help us because no. there is a often a toll that is taken and one of right. the ones i think will will make women understand you a little bit maybe themselves is you know our self-esteem our self-worth right. takes a hit did that yes. happen to you during that season absolutely in fact, it's really funny you asked me that question because I haven't thought about that in a long time. And they ask us that on Tuesday in my Bible study. Mm. <laughs> so God, I love how he prepares us, right? He gave me a couple days to think about it. And I'd forgotten. I'd really forgotten about going through this. But um, um, I went through this book called Wounded Heart with a group of women because we all wanted healing from sexual abuse. And there was a suggestion made that we look at pictures of ourselves growing up, like before the abuse and after the abuse. Mm. And it was really fascinating. Um, sadly, I could see the loss of innocence. I could see the harshness. I could see the false toughness that I knew I didn't have. And once God led me through healing, there was a flip. I experienced an increase in confidence. You know, does that make sense? Like never in a million years was I going to choose to share my stories in a book. 
until God gave me the best reason why to help others. And that came with this leap of self-confidence because it wasn't about me. Where did the shift happen for you of knowing about God to knowing God? Like, was there a spiritual encounter? When did you start to feel safe going to God with these incredibly intimate and hard things? Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. I, after the whole boat thing happened, I, um, I just started, you know, it's really weird because we didn't talk about that in my church. We didn't talk about relationship. So we read Bible stories, Mm -hmm. but some reason I just started taking walks with him and just talking to him. And I don't know why, but I just assumed he would talk back. Mm -hmm. So that's usually like, the biggest question people ask me, they say, they say you hear God. How do you hear God? Mm-hmm. And um, and I think, again, it's personal and unique for each one of us. I like mysterious ways. I love that about God. So he does these really weird things with me. And I was telling my friend about it once, and he said, that would freak me out if he did that with me. And I said, well, I don't think he will then because that's not what God wants to do. He wants relationship with us. And so, cause I'm chatty, a, a lot of mine looks like talking or journaling. Sometimes I have to write until I have nothing left to say, get it all off my chest. And it's not like I'm telling God anything new, right? But in the midst of it, it's like, he tells me things. He drops things into my mind that I know weren't my ideas. Mm -hmm. Right. And Elizabeth, you're, you're a counselor. So yeah, women who are facing this, there, there have to be some practical steps toward healing. Yes. You just talked about one and that's looking at pictures of yourself. You know, give us a little bit of the practical side for those who are seeking healing in their life. What are some things they can do and steps they need to take to get there? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm all about practical. Uh, and I love that you guys are too, because if we don't know what to do, how can we do it? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. And so when I went to seminary to get this degree in counseling, I learned both to name my pain. And I know this sounds crazy, but the next step is powerful. I learned to sit in the pain. Mm-hmm. And when they first started talking to us about this, I thought they were nuts. You know, I spent <laughs> years avoiding my pain. But over and over, I am surprised that in the short amount of time it takes to find healing by sitting with my pain, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know I needed healing or how amazing it could be if I just really spent, like one time I was going through shame, something was really bugging me about shame and I would normally try to avoid it, but I thought I'm going to do this. I'm going to sit with this shame. And honestly, I think it was seven and a half minutes and I could not stir that back up again if I tried. So it was really weird to me that it worked. And so because of how helpful it is, I put together a short, it's just a free video series for anyone who's interested. It's um, four or five minute videos that can be used over and over, like for any any of these memories that women would like to do that with. And um, I go through seven practical steps like that with them. And um, they're just, they're located, if anyone's interested, on my website, um, elizabethbbristol.com. There's a pop-up invitation. And when you sign up, you'll get the first five-minute video, and three more will come. And I just walk with listeners through the dark places of their past with God so they can find healing 
and together, you know, they could write me questions because sometimes we have questions, right? It's hard to just do this with God. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also think that balancing both to say a relationship with the Lord is really the ultimate answer to our healing. But we also Amen. recognize that Amen. we have our emotions and the damage yes. and the things. So counseling, so walking through the steps, recognizing the hurt, and not just asking or expecting instant fixes is right. part of the process as well. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Sometimes you, they come, and I love when it's like that. <laughs> they do. They do. But I think just to take the pressure off of women, sometimes they don't. So if they don't for you, yes. that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. No. That just means your process needs to be your process to find that healing Absolutely. in life. Well, Absolutely. I, mean, I, I think there are a lot of different types of you know processes. Like I'm thinking of the grief process that's kind of understood as five steps and you're saying in your videos you talk about seven steps is there any of the steps that you know are important that you personally maybe struggled with more just kind of as an understanding of yes this may be hard but it's still crucial mm -hmm. to the process one of the things that's really become just part of my life is the difference between lies that i believed and the truth Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when we believe something that's not quite right, we will act in a wrong direction. Right. And um, I had this, I had this amazing encounter um, connected to that abortion. I, when I was learning um, how to take others to God for healing, the very first experience that I had was in prayer with a woman who wanted healing from an abortion. And my friend was leading us in prayer. I was just supposed to be prayer support, but I kept slipping into my own experience. Mm. And so when she asked the girl to look around the memory and see if she could see or sense Jesus, I almost lost it, you guys. I mean, that was the last thing I wanted to do mm. as I lay on an abortion table. But I knew exactly where he was. I mean, I didn't have to think about it. I knew he was up over my left shoulder. Mm. And when I finally found the courage to face him, he wasn't mad at me like I expected. He was crying with me. And I'd heard how Jesus died for my sin, but I never thought I did anything bad enough that, you know, really would have required someone to die to pay for it. I, I knew that this was not something I had wanted to do. Um, and this is impossible in the natural. But as I looked at him in my memory, I could feel his arms around both my neck and down my left side, I could feel him hugging me. And when I turned to look at him, I could also see him hanging on the cross. So it was so powerful to me that up close and personal, Jesus loves us, no matter what we're doing. Um, and at the very same time, he paid for my bad choices, right? And so it really did. That was one of the things where it just changed me. Um, you know, I stopped believing the lie and, you know, that he would have been mad at me and stuff like that. And I, I knew his love after that. I think that's something that we forget in our faith is that 
you know, God is not a whack-a-mole. He's not there to constantly hit us over the head. He's actually there no matter what we are doing to love us, to be there for us, to cry with us. And I think that's such an important part of our faith that we put aside because we want to do everything right and thinks yeah. that he expects us to as well. And the truth is he doesn't. He knows no. He knows that we won't. And he loves us in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Speaking of the fact that we're loved in spite of ourselves, what do you think about the role that forgiveness plays in overcoming your hurt or your struggles and traumas? Forgiveness plays a huge part in healing, right? Um, I, again, that was another thing he taught me. I I hated to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) But as a new believer, forgiveness, this is how I learned about this one. Um, I was working in a large non-denominational church. A couple years in, I found out that the married pastor was involved sexually with some of the people I knew and I was so angry I um I just thought if you're not gonna walk your talk as a Christian you know as a new believer I was so mad at them Mm -hmm. I thought why even bother and Mm -hmm. um it took a lot of us uh, a real hit on our faith Um, people walked away from the church and God and so as I sat with God one day he said you're having a hard time forgiving them because you haven't forgiven yourself after I forgave myself, I had gone out for a ride with him trying to forgive these people. And I ended up sitting in this quiet place for the afternoon, forgiving myself, going through all the pieces of that. After I forgave myself, it was really weird how tied together it was. So when we think about forgiveness, we sometimes think about forgiving other people. But it also includes, you know, forgiving ourselves, forgiving God, forgiving our parents. Um, You know, it's so connected to so many things so now I aim to forgive a lot on a regular basis because I like the freedom that comes with it true and I think part of this whole process is understanding that we are weak people as well that we don't want to look shouldn't look at others and say look at what you did without our starting place being but look at what we've done and what we're capable of doing that we you know we are all equal at the foot of the cross and all of us are capable of all different things so that kind of needs to be where we start and then we we work together from there well all right i are there any final things you would like to say uh to the listener out there that you think they they need this this encouragement to believe that they can be hurt and actually abused and taken advantage of but there is hope and healing on the other side what what would you want them to walk away with no matter what you've done no matter what you've been through god wants me to tell you that he loves you it's that simple yeah it is Julie, Elizabeth, wanna... that's that's so encouraging to hear as somebody who has bravely shared some of the hard things that you've experienced and, and very vulnerably been willing to, quote, go there, but also share the hope that we can all have yes. that when we're willing to go into the pain, to sit with it, as you said, and to, you know, to face the lies that you're believing and believe God for hope and healing that it's possible Amen. for each and every one of us, regardless of 
you know, I, I think we have this tendency to want to compare our struggles or compare our mm. situations and there's certainly no fruit in that. And so I guess I would just no. remind the listener that maybe you haven't experienced some of the things that you have shared, Elizabeth, but we all have our own hurts and they hit us in equally, you know, deep places. So we just want to say thank you for being willing to go there and for offering the encouragement. Um, we'll put links in the show notes to your website so they can find your video series and your book. It's been great having you with us today, Elizabeth. And um, again, like Julie said, I think our listeners will will feel encouraged by your journey. Bless you guys. Love what you're doing. Julie, it was good to hear a little bit of Elizabeth's story and some of her hurt, but I know I have had my own life experiences, and you have too, Mm -hmm. of things that we were deeply, deeply hurt by or things that people did to us or, you know, what loved ones around us that caused real pain. And it wasn't an easy fix. And God absolutely walked with me through that process. But sometimes I had to really dig deeper and find resources and other people who had lived through what I've lived through. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I totally agree. I'm hearing her and I'm so thankful for her story. And I can't help but kind of go back to my, you know, early 30s kind of season where I was like, wow, I should probably go into some of the stuff that's happened to me that, you know, I've given about six minutes to, like we talked about (laughs) at the beginning of the episode and just decided that it's too much, it's too heavy. God took care of me. I mean, I I tended to put like almost like a Christian Band-Aid on my things, but I didn't actually let myself sit in the pain of it because I didn't want to seem unchristian by not being like, but I'm okay now because God is with me. And so I know for me, you're saying resources. I know I had to actually get very honest with a a couple different types of people. You know, I had a Christian group of like recovery. I had a, you know, Christian therapy. I had, uh, she talked about an intense prayer session. I had some sessions like that with people who knew how to help me pray in a more honest and honestly scary kind of way. And I, I had to try that for months before the Christianese I told myself went away where I could just be honest and be able to say, Jesus, were you there in some of those hard moments? Well, so, yes. And, and I think, Julie, that that's vital. Yeah. You can't just, you know, again, God can heal anything, anytime, any way he chooses. Mm-hmm. But we often need other people. And that's why, you know, even when he walked this earth, he surrounded himself with a community. He surrounded himself with his disciples and they helped one another. They supported one another. And I think sometimes we don't realize we need that. And in that, it's honest living. It is honest honestly facing whatever you're experiencing. And I think that's one of the most important things we can do to with one another and with the Lord. Well, yeah, and I appreciate that Elizabeth said that she, you know, realized that she wanted to share her story because that's something that has been powerful for her in her own healing journey is to learn from other people that, hey, she went through this. It's not just me who's had these collection of hard things. So I definitely think there's power in hearing someone's story, reading their words of how they experienced healing 
but also you might be getting that nudge right now that God is calling you to seek out somebody to come along you in your healing journey to help you face you know, the, the depth of whatever you may have not really been willing to deal with before that might look like getting some counseling or being honest with a friend or a pastor or your spouse, or again, just yourself and being willing to go to those hard places. And I guess we just want to say that God loves you, like she said, and he's calling you to healing. And you may be one of those women who you're being nudged to tell your story Mm to say, I have life experience that I need to be willing to share because there's someone else out there going through the same thing, living through the same pain and wanting to overcome it. And maybe you've overcome it, but you've never told it. Maybe you have gotten to the other side, but you've never shared the hurt that you've experienced. And I would encourage you to do that because we need to hear from other women that yes, you understand me, and I have hope. Mm. I have hope at the end of this tunnel that I feel like is never ending. Okay, Dar, I feel like this is where you can really come in and shine, although it's not about you, it's about God. Is there a <laughs> verse that you can share with us that kind of brings this all around and encourages us as we go? Yeah, there is. It's First Peter 5.10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Um, nailed it. I freaking love that one. That is so true. And we hope that you, like like we said, we hope that you found some hope and encouragement in this episode because there absolutely is more for you as you tap into your grit and grace and seek that healing. Mamas, be sure you subscribe to the show so you won't miss next week's episode. We'll be bringing some encouragement for you on your motherhood journey. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.